Okay, so today we're going to talk about make room for God in your life. Amen? Some, but you might say, I already made room for God in my life. I accepted him as Lord. I uh, uh, talked to him. I pray and everything. But you know what? You can have levels of making room for God. You can have them in a corner. You can have them in the attic. You can have them in the basement. You can have them in certain areas of your life, but not in others. Sometimes we restrict the Lord, we limit him, we keep him out of our situations, and we want him to take control over all of our lives, our thought lives, our emotions, our feelings, everything that we have. God says, let me come in and be a part of your life. Okay. Praise God. He wants to be consistent, constant, and he wants us to be intentional about our relationship with him. Praise the Lord. God doesn't want to be left on the outside. Uh, so you might say, well, I'm just so busy. I got so many things to do. I have to get up early. I got to take care of the kids or take care of my spouse. Or I, I got to be to work early. Or I have, when I get to work, hey, boy, I'm just bombarded with things I have to do. And then I come home and I'm so tired, I just make dinner and fall asleep in front of the TV. And before you know it, it's morning again. How do you find room to make God to come in to your life? Well, let's see. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a crowded elevator and you have to make room for somebody to come in, right? Have you ever been uh, on a park bench and somebody comes and you have to make room for them, right? Or on a bus and you, you have to scoot over and give someone some space. Well, let's look at this right here. Here we are in this crowded elevator. Do these people look like they're going to give you any space? <laughs> it's like, you don't even try to come in here. <laughs> How about this right here? On this park bench with all these ladies. You think this lady here on the left is going to get an opportunity to come in and say, Oh, no. No, I'm not. Uh, we, we've been here and you're late and so we're not going to let you come in here, right? Or how about this scene right here? This is a funny scene. <laughs> you know, this would be funny if it wasn't so sad, but this is the way it is in some countries where they're just all crowded on the inside and, and hanging on the outside. Is there any room for you here? No. And God's saying, your life is so busy. It's so preoccupied with things. There's no room for me to come into your life. And so when I was preparing this, I was thinking about this, this uh, uh, TV series. You ever seen this? Anybody know this series? Make Room for Daddy with Danny Thomas. I was thinking that maybe only uh, Charlie knew this, but <laughs> thank God there's others. Make Room for Daddy. What it was was he was a nightclub uh, you know, entertainer. And so he was that night uh, practicing, and he never got to see the kids. And then so when he came home, the kids were in school. So whenever he was around, they had to make room for him to get into their lives. And God feels that way sometimes about us. Can you make some room for me to get into your life and be a part of your life? And, and, and because God wants to not only just have a devotional in the morning, he wants to be with us all the day long. He wants to spend time with us and, and, and have us. And so this, this uh, scripture that we have here, it says in Revelations 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and do what? Knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. What a great invitation that is. 
Jesus said, he's not going to just barge in, but he says, I'm going to be at the door and knock. And anyone that hears my voice, if he hears my voice, he'll open the door. I'll come in and I'll sup with him. I'll spend time with him. Like we were with my sister yesterday. We, we ate. We didn't just eat and leave. We, although it would have been a good idea, but no. <laughs> Uh, we ate and we fellowshiped with them. We didn't turn on the TV. We sat and we talked and we talked about what's going on in our lives. So that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to come in and have, him, uh, have us sup with him, fellowship, stay with him. And so he wants us to come into all areas and all parts of our life. Does he have access to all areas of your life, your struggles, your finances, your fears, your worries? Do we limit him? Or does he have unlimited access? Do we restrict him? Or is it an uh, unrestricted area? Let's see. This here. Here he is knocking at the door. Isn't that a beautiful picture of Jesus knocking at the door? Very polite. And who wouldn't want to let the Lord into our lives? Or do we say, you know what? You can't. Let's, let's see this next thing. You know how you go to a place where they restrict you? You can't go into a certain area because there's ropes there. They say, don't come in this way. Do we restrict the Lord in that way? Lord, don't get into my thought life. You know, don't get into my sexual life. Don't get into my uh, feelings life. Just, I, I, you know, just don't get too close in with my struggles, my habits, my, my, my drinking, my whatever, you name it. Fill in the blank. Don't want you to come into that part of my life. You know, your marital life. Uh, you name it. What, what, else, what, else, what else are my single life, you know? Everything that I'm going through, are you keeping him away or are you allowing him, okay, come and help me in this situation? And once you do, there's a freedom in that to be able to say, oh, okay, I can be honest, open and honest and let him talk to me and then he'll help you. Otherwise, we just hang on to the same situations over and over again and we never grow. My wife and I are reading this book about how we're supposed to get to the inward, the, um, inward part of our life. We look at the, uh, an iceberg when you see the top of it, it's all nice and shiny and bright, but underneath is underlying desires and hidden things that we don't really address, but they come up whenever we get upset or things don't go right. All of a sudden, these things fly out of our mouth and, and come into our heart. We go like, where did they come from? But that's what we have to do. Let the Lord take hold of those situations. And you ask, ask the Lord, why am I thinking this way? Why am I doing this? And when he addresses it, then you're able to release it and be all that he's called you to be. Otherwise, you're just going to keep hanging on to it. And you may be saved for 22 years, but you're still living every year like you're, it's the first year of your salvation. 22 years of only living one year of freedom. But God wants to take us to where we grow, to the point where we just can release those things. And it's hard to release them because they've been a part of you. But once you release them, all of a sudden you have a new freedom to say, oh, thank God, I don't know why I was holding on to that. It was keeping me down. You know, like unforgiveness with, with certain people. You know, if you, you have unforgiveness, it's like carrying it, a, a dead body with you wherever you're going. You haven't released it. You haven't forgiven them and let them go. And some people, you know what, you just don't, can't figure out why they're doing, they've done what they've done. Who knows? I mean, who knows how their brain is thinking? But our job is to release them and let God take care of them, and then he'll take care of us. Amen? Amen. So let's see what we have. Uh, okay, so in, in uh, Genesis 4.26, now it, Adam and Eve, they, they made a, a mistake, didn't they? 
they listened to uh, the devil, and they got kicked out of the garden. And um, the Bible says that it took a couple generations before they finally began to call upon the name of the Lord again. They were so upset at themselves, so miserable, that they forgot to, to, to call on the name of the Lord. So it says, and to Seth, who is the grandson of Adam, to him also, I mean, that's his son, to him also there was born another son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Adam was, and Eve were thinking, man, God has got to be mad at us, you know, for our disobedience. Look what, look, look, look what we've been. Can you imagine how Eve and Adam must have felt? I mean, they had to clean the house now. They had to go out and hunt. They had to plant food. It was it was tough, tough work, kind of like what we do now. <laughs> so it took finally to Seth to be able to say, let us call upon the name of the Lord. And we see a picture here of people and a family calling upon the Lord. There's nothing more beautiful than that, is there? To see a family really calling out, believing for God. And the next picture is the same thing. We see people, all nationalities, believing and call upon the name of the Lord. So when we call upon him, he's able to answer. Now, do you just call one time, or how do you call with the Lord? The Bible says this next scripture says, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? That means you never stop. The Bible says it is a, uh, you never hang up the phone. <laughs> you keep Believing and knowing that God is there with you. He wants to spend time with you. And so you, you keep talking to him. Pray without ceasing. The next scripture says, continue, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So there's no ceasing or quitting or giving up, but you have to allow God to continue to take hold of your life. Amen. You know, uh, when, you're, when you're serving the Lord, it seems like he, he presses upon you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. He, he makes you uh, do things that normally isn't in your normal uh, circumstance. And, you know, in, in the modern day, they have what they call a bucket list. Oh, I got to do these certain things. And this is, I got to go uh, climb uh, Kilimanjaro, or I got to, you know, skydive, or I got to go uh, bungee jumping, all these things that they want to do in their life. But what about a bucket list for the Lord? You know, I want to fast for the Lord and, and seek his will. I want to witness to people. I want to get people saved. I want to share my faith. I want to go on a mission trip. All these things, that, because when you're close to God, God, he, he pushes you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. It's kind of like having, you know, when you have those, we used to have those, uh, um, pagers, thank you. Pagers, so long ago, who, who can remember? What? <laughs> Those pagers, what would they do? They would vibrate, right? You couldn't hear a voice or anything, but you had somebody was trying to prompt you and, and cause you to do something, right? And, and that's what the Lord does. He prompts you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And we had uh, some Chinese uh, people that were staying at our house for a month. They were teachers that came over from China. They were learning how to uh, do some training, and so they went 
It's a school there, and we were talking to them about the Lord. One of them came to uh, church here. And, you know, we were looking for that opportunity to be able to witness to them and talk to them. And so on the last day, at 7 o'clock in the morning, she comes into the, our, our little office, and she was saying, you know, I wanted to send a thank you card to Marianne's mom because she took her to San Diego and showed her all around. I wanted to send her a nice thank you card. So what's the address? And she said, I wanted to get up early so I'd catch you guys before you left. We go, okay. So as we're sitting there, we're talking, and I think, I don't know, it was a Christian card. It was a God card. And I, she said, I want to just tell her, God bless you. I go, oh, you, you, you believe in God? Yes. I go, you know what? I, do you want to know more about God? you want to have God manifest more in you? I felt a prompting in me to do that at 7 o'clock in the morning in my pajamas. You know, I, I didn't have the pulpit here. <laughs> but it, 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 when God comes on, when you spend time with God, when you pray to him, he becomes an, an ally with you, a, a partner that wants to do the will of the Father. And so we prayed, and she received the Lord, and it was just a beautiful thing. She hugged us, and she thanked us, because why? God prompted us. We, we could have just like, okay, well, you know, hopefully she'll know the Lord when she goes back to China. No, you can't wait that long. <laughs> you have to do something for the Lord. God will move on you. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's see this next uh, scripture. So in Luke 18, 1, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought how often to pray? Always. Always. You ought to pray and not lose heart. What does that mean? Well, the Amplified said it this way. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. I know that's nobody here, right? <laughs> always pray power, power prayers, right? But what happens when you... Are, are, are hurting, or you're fainting, or you're losing heart, and you want to give up. The Bible says you should still pray, always to pray, because if you pray, you won't faint, lose heart, and give up. Amen? Now, you ever seen, you ever been driving along, and you see a car on the side of the road and just abandoned? You wonder, how did that, how did that happen? How did this car get abandoned? It, it just, somebody left it there. It was working, but they gave up. Isn't that what we do sometimes? We give up. We give up on our marriage. We give up on our job. We give up on our spouse. We give up. Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to. I give up. I'm, I'm faint. I'm losing heart. You can't give up, right? Because the Lord is with you. He hasn't given up. I like what one person says. If you, if, if, the Lord's not going to give up, but if you give up, he can't do much with that. But don't give up. You keep, you know, moving along and believing that God is doing a great work. Let's see this here. Next scripture. Galatians 6, 9. It's all over the Bible. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good. Church. <laughs> I wonder why that was in the Bible. I wonder why these scriptures are in the Bible. Because there's times when you're going to get weary. You're going to say, you know what? I'm, I, I don't know if I can keep going on with this. While doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You see a little trend here? <laughs> the God's saying, I don't want you to give up. I know uh, Patricia, she's not in her head. I remember she was fighting uh, physical ailments for the longest time. 
Yeah, and never gave up. Continue to believe God, no matter what's happening. Tracy's the same way, believe in God for healing. Never giving up. Why, 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 we don't want to be like a, a car on the side of the road, abandoned. Right? You know, I, I, one time in my life, previously, uh, you know, I thought, oh, you know what? I just don't want to live anymore. I just want to, you know, kill myself or go home to be with the Lord. And I said, but there's two things that would prevent me from that. One, <laughs> I'll be facing them face to face. <laughs> and two, he'd be saying, what are you doing here? Get back down there. You've got to do the work of the Lord. I've got many more, many more things planned for you. So it says, do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we lose not heart. Okay, now here's, here's some thoughts about prayer. Four aspects of prayer. There should be a scheduled time of prayer. David said, early in the morning do I seek thee, right? Why early in the morning? Because you're fresh. Your mind is clear. You've got things on your heart. God can be able to touch you real, real genuinely and real uh, unobtrusively. Un so there should be scheduled times of prayer. Then there should be spontaneous times of prayer. What does that mean? That means throughout the day you just say, oh, Lord, I just love you. I, I care for you. I desire you, Lord. Right? Spontaneous. Just, just because. Right? You know, when you call your wife, you just say, I love you for, for no reason. Or you call your, your, your children. How are you doing? I'm, I'm praying for you. Whatever. Be spontaneous. Then spiritual there should be times when you're just going along and God's impressing upon you to pray for someone that needs help or needs encouragement, like the woman who called me. So it should be scheduled, spontaneous, spiritual, and then sometimes specific. What does that mean? That means you're going through a situation. You said, my children are acting up. I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to get up like early in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, whatever it takes for a week or month, whatever it takes to make sure that this thing comes to pass and that God is glorified and he manifests his presence and, and takes care of situations. So scheduled, spontaneous, spiritual, and sometimes specific. Let's see a couple of pictures of people that are doing this schedule. Here's, isn't this nice to see two, two men uh, praying to God. Here's a uh, spontaneous prayer, just in the field, just all of a sudden, just said, Lord, I want to pray to you. Another one. Here's a man, a spiritual prayer. There's something that's on his heart. He wants to make sure that he takes it to the Lord. And the last one is specific. I got a need. I got to get up early. I got to pray. I got to see the Lord do his will in my life. Amen? Amen? And so, prayer is our way of making room for God. It's our way of, of, of inviting God into our lives so that there's a communication. And then you pray the word of God, you pray what God has said that's going to happen in your life, and then you see it come to pass. And so, the disciples, next scripture, the disciples saw that the secret to Jesus was his prayer life. They said, man, you go out and you pray and you come back and you're raising the dead and you're multiplying the loaves and the fishes and you're healing everyone and you have such wisdom. Oh, that's not the scripture I wanted. Let's go to, go to the next one. He said, teach us to pray. Well, let's, let's go back to the other one. Let's go back to the other one. 
because, well, he taught him, teach him how to pray. Because he said, the trials and tribulations are going to come to everyone. Did you know that? You're not immune because you're a Christian. You're not immune to not having any situations that are going to face you. But he said this, a man that prays and reads the word of God, he is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. That's the way we are, isn't it? The, st- the, the storms come, troubles come, we stand on the rock. We believe God. God, we're going to get us through this. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What's the difference between these two people? One is a man that does the word of God, who prays to God, the other one doesn't. But here's the similarities, is it's the same flood, it's the same storm that comes to everyone, but some overcome and get through it because they've made a relationship and a, a partnership with the Lord. They make room for God. God, they're coming against you and me in this situation. And so I need you to move and act in my behalf. Praise the Lord. And the last scripture we have is the disciples said, man, you, 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 when you pray, things happen, Lord. Teach us to pray. Show us how we're supposed to pray. Because obviously our prayers aren't working. These are Pharisees and Sad- or they were formerly uh, people that knew how to pray, but they said, you know what? We need you to teach us your way of praying. So he gave, us, gave him this outline, our Father which art in heaven. Let's say this together. You ready? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's the outline that God, that Jesus gave us to pray to the Father. Our Father who art in heaven, who is glorious, majestic, hallowed be thy name. We glorify him. Then we go through all the things that he's done for us and what he wants us to do, his will. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debtors as we forgive, uh, forgive our debts as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forevermore. Amen? Amen. So let's just take a moment right now. We want to pray today amongst each other about the situations that we're facing. We want to bring God into our lives. We want to make him Lord of our lives, to have dominions, have preeminence in everything that we're doing. Because we can't do it in our own strength, in our own, our own selves. We need God to work in our behalf. You're going through situations, all, all God's saying is, make room for me to come into your life. I know you can't handle it. That, that, that's why I'm here for you, he's saying, you know. Drop all your, your, your uh, ammunition, drop all your, your intellect, drop all your, your good looks and all your talent. <laughs> drop it down and now let him take over. Let him take charge. And we'll see God do great and wonderful things in our life. Amen. Amen.